Hey everyone, hope you are having a great day. I'm super excited for this podcast episode with Joe Naftal from Long Island, New York. Um, Joe is a serial entrepreneur himself, just like we are here at Dance Principles United. He was um, born into a dance studio um, and ended up working in and um, owning the studio that he was essentially born into. Um, But he's also a brand and marketing expert and um, like me, a bit of a tech guru uh, who loves to help dance studio owners use technology to make their lives easier and their studios run smoother. Um, He's founded seven arts companies that operates across America, Europe, and Australia, including a great one that we chat about briefly on the podcast called Check-In Point, but also other ones like Standby in the Wings and Penny Primer as well. He's also a published author and is passionate about theatre design. Um, He's a member of board of directors of two large arts organizations. He's an adjunct professor of theater design. Um, And as we actually just chatted about at the end of the podcast recording, he's currently in Miami um, being the the set and lighting designer for Little Mermaid Immersive Experience, which just sounded all kinds of cool. Um, So he's coming from not only the dance studio owner side of it, so it gets us as a dance studio owner, guys, um, but he's also bringing that theatre side of the world into um, Check-In Point, but is also passionate in what we're talking about on today's podcast about AI and how we can use that to make our lives as studio owners easier. I had loads of fun recording this episode with Joe, so I hope you enjoy it. Hello, friends. I'm Amanda Barr. And I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan, and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life, and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the Dance Principles United podcast. Thanks so much for jumping on my night, your morning. Yes, thank you, Nathan. It's great to be here. Now, as our listeners would have just heard in the little bio I gave you before the intro here, um, talking about you're a second-generation dance studio owner, I would love to just hear a little bit about your journey, I guess, growing up in the dance studio, taking over the dance studio, things like that. Yeah, so, um, I, mean, I mean, first thing is I'm not a dancer. I think that's good for people to know. So if you want to know about uh, plies and tendus, I can only tell you what I've learned, you know, secondhand and from taking dance classes growing up. But um, yeah, like you said, I'm a second generation dance studio owner. Uh, I was born uh, about five years into my family's dance studio. I was actually born just about two weeks before the recital. So I like to say I was like really born into it. You know, my mom had me and then the next day it was like, okay, got to finish the recital to-do list. You know, we got a show to put on. Uh, So the dance studio has always been, you know, this thing, it's my whole life. It's everything I've, you know, known. Um, and, you know, I grew up taking classes and then at some point started to transition to more of a behind the scenes role. I, you know, didn't want to be center stage. I wanted to be behind the reception desk. I wanted to be helping figuring things out. Uh, and I kind of took that route with it. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always been in your blood. Our, um, our eldest daughter, Zali, is the same. She was born, I think, 10 days before um, one of our concerts. So yeah, she she had her first concert experience. Yeah. We went, we smuggled Amanda in um, with a, with a ten with a ten day old baby sitting backstage that that day. So that was Zali like to claim that was her first concert. Um, 
But as, as I mentioned in, we could be talking about a whole range of things with Joe. Um, I got connected with Joe from one of our incredible tribe members, um, put us on to one of his um, businesses, a software called Checking Point, which we're going to talk about a little bit later because that's absolutely incredible. Um, and I think, you know, one of those things when you when you connect with somebody that you always think, mm, they sound a little bit like me. Uh, <laughs> being a serial entrepreneur, Joe's um, started loads of businesses, lots of great successful businesses. Um, but one thing that he's passionate about, and as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, we've definitely got to chat about this on a podcast, is um, how we're going to integrate AI into studios, how we're already doing it and how we how it may be done in the future, because that's one thing that Joe's super interested in. So I'd love to hear a little bit more, Joe, about, I guess, what, what first started piquing your interest around AI and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, even backing up a step before that, I've always been interested in how we can use technology to help the dance studio. Um, yep. And that even comes from, again, sitting behind the desk and saying, oh, we're doing the same thing over and over and over again. You know, we're handwriting out all of these letters to people. Why don't we print labels? You know, and it kind of just grew from there into, you know, how can we use technology to shorten the time it takes for us to do things, make things more efficient and, you know, make the dance studio cooler um, by using yeah, technology. Sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, yeah, that's what I've been kind of doing in my like adult life from there is finding those little niche things that can help our studio and then finding ways to help other studios too. Because the problems that I have at my studio are probably the same problems you're having at your studio and other studio owners are having at their studios as well. So uh, I've been doing that with, I guess, what we'll call traditional technology, like we talked about Check and Point. Uh, and over the last couple of years, AI has become sort of this buzzword um, in, you know, the tech space and in the marketing space. Uh, so I think maybe the first place to start is what does that even mean, right? We, we keep hearing that. Yeah. And as an answer owner, you might be like, what does that even mean? Um, what is this AI thing I keep hearing about? Um, and really when we break it down, uh, techn traditional technology, um, traditional software that you've used on your computer is all about you know pressing a button and something happens. And what happens is what you told the computer to do. Uh, so you go into your you know, studio management software and you click add them to the class and it adds them to the class because that's what you've programmed that piece of software to do. AI is taking that one step further and it's doing things that you didn't tell the computer to do directly. Uh, you didn't give it a roadmap of exactly what to do. Uh, an example might be like self-driving cars, you know, again, outside of the studio space. But if we think about it, a computer programmer isn't going to say, you know, this is how to drive on every single road in, you know, North America or Australia or Europe. That would take way too long. Instead, they're going to do just like how we learned to drive. They're going to say, this is how you drive on one road. And here are some of the decisions you can make. So to kind of make it short, it's training a computer to make decisions um, based on a bunch of knowledge, but not necessarily giving a computer the exact, this is how to do it. Um, so it's yep. starting to think a little more like a human. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's one thing that um, loads of people can see the incredible benefits it's going to have, but there's also starting to be the, quite a bit of negative press around AI as well, isn't there? Like people sort of saying, oh, like the Absolutely. computers are going to take over and all this negative that I think is sort of making people be a little bit standoffish on it as well. I think that's absolutely true. And, you know, I feel that 100%. I, I think I have a, a lot of concerns as someone who like researches it and knows about it. But on the other hand, I think my feeling is it's not going to go away. Um, no. And I kind of feel like we're in a similar place. You know, people felt that way about cell phones and they felt that way about television you know, when we were on the yep. radio and television came out. And I think we're in this, you know, 
space where it's not going to go away. We have to figure out uh, in some ways how, how to embrace it, in some ways maybe how to regulate it. Um, but we have to move forward because we're not going to be able to move backwards from it. Exactly. There's always that classic quote um, that people always pull out. It was like the head of IBM back in like the 50s or something like that saying, yeah, I think I see a mar- worldwide market for maybe five or six computers. Um, <laughs> those sorts of things that, yeah, some, sometimes people are a little bit slow on the uptake of technology. But like you said, it, it's here now and we've we've got to move forward with it. It's, it's not something that's going to go away. Um, and I do see like a lot of the chat out there, like, you know, not so much in dance studios because, you know, we're, we're only very much in the infancy of using it. Um, but people talking about, you know, worrying, is AI going to replace jobs? Is AI going to do this? Is AI going to do that? Um, and I was saying to you when we were chatting the other day, the, the best quote I've heard around it is, AI is not going to take anybody's job or AI is not going to put anybody out of business. Somebody using AI better than you will. So it's one of those exactly. things that, and yeah, I know there's sometimes a bit of overwhelm with um, with studio owners. Oh, another thing I've got to learn. I've just got just got my head around Facebook ads, Nathan. And now you're telling me there's this new thing I've got to learn. And um, but like I did um, at our dance teacher expo, I just did, and that's one of the things I think we'll chat about. Um, I did a little chat GPT session on how we can use that form of AI to help us out in the studio. Um, so th- there's a few sort of things you've looked at within AI that you're obviously passionate about and learning more and developing out around. Where, um, What are the things you're seeing AI useful for now and accessible um, to studio owners for right now at the moment? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the first thing, because I think you know, speaking to the overwhelm of technology, I think the first thing for studio owners to keep in mind is technology is supposed to make our lives easier. It's not supposed to make it harder. Uh, so I think to approach it from purchase from that place, you know, it's not another thing to learn. It's another thing to help you, another thing to make your studio life easier. Um, so I think that's the first thing. And yeah, I, I kind of, when I was prepping for this, broke it down into what I think, you know, AI now, AI soon, and AI future is. Uh, and the future stuff might be overwhelming. It overwhelms me and I'm I'm into <laughs> the technology. But focusing on what it does now, I think it's a little less overwhelming and, and more cool. So I think the biggest place AI can help studios right now um, is in marketing and communications. Uh, and just like you talked about with ChatGPT, I think that's the place to, to really start. Uh, ChatGPT is a conversational model. Uh, so it can basically, in simple terms, it can write for you. And it can actually write pretty well yeah. um, if you give it some sort of prompt. Uh, you'll, you'll be surprised. And it's a cool thing, even if you just have an afternoon to you know open it up, it's, it's free. Uh, and just start playing around with it and, and give it some little prompts. And I think you'll be amazed at um, what it comes back with. I certainly was when I played around with it. I didn't think it yep. was going to um, to work as well. Uh, so what are some ways we can do that? So let's say we have that really difficult letter that we have to write to a parent. It's like, how do we explain this? How do we let them down easy? How do we you know, put all of our feelings that we have as studio owners into words, which sometimes we can struggle with, right? How do we you know, yep. make this a concise thing to a parent? Um, well, GPT is a great way to do that, giving it like a couple sentences, say, you know, I need to write back to Mrs. Smith. She's concerned about X, Y, and Z. She doesn't understand this. Write her a, you know, two paragraph email. Uh, and chat GPT does a great job of taking all of your little thoughts and putting it into an email. Yep. You might then want to go through and what I call wordsmith. So it'll give you something and maybe you'll say, okay, this isn't how I would say it. This is how I want to, you know, uh, chisel here and replace there to make it sound a little more like me. But I think it'll give you a really good framework. So I think communicating with that parent is a good way to do that. Next would be how to explain in a recital concisely in a newsletter. You know, again, yeah. really, really big concepts. How can we give it a prompt and have it boil it down to something really simple? 
Uh, it's almost like having an extra employee, right? Like an extra employee yeah. that you could say, hey, can you rewrite this for me? Uh, and it can do that for you. Um, and then the last place is in marketing. Uh, you know, a lot of times we have to do, like you said, Facebook ads. And it's like, okay, I need to write 10 different headlines and, you know, 10 different um, body copy to go and do that or write this copy for a promo video. Uh, and chat GPT, you can say, hey, write me 10 different um, promo tags for a Facebook ad for, you know, dancers or aging parents, you know, ages yep. two to five. Uh, these are the things I want to get. And within a couple seconds, it's done for you. Uh, yep. So I think those are really the things right now that, that studios can get out of it. That's not too overwhelming, kind of easy to use and, and kind of powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the example you use of the email. And that was like I was talking about when I at Dance Teacher Expo, and that was back in April. So we're going like four months ago now. And uh, as you know, like I don't have to tell you, four months is a long time in this in this yeah. AI thing. Um, so nowhere near as many people had heard about it back then. And seeing like basically studio owners' jaws hit the floor when I, I used that example of, you know, you, you walk in on a Monday morning, 10 feet tall, you've had a great weekend, you're ready to crush the week and you open your inbox and the first email is the cranky parent email because their their little Susie's come home upset from dancing and is in the back row. And so, you know what I mean? Like, and, and there's, there's those emails that... Um, we know that we shouldn't let like we shouldn't let the, um, our emotions get to us, and but we let it fester away, and we do the right thing, and we take a breath, and we're like, I'm not going to reply now because I'm so angry. Um, but we let it sit and fester, and we let it destroy our Monday, and then we let it drag over into Tuesday sometimes. And ChatGPT, that was the example I used. We I, I had I had a little bit too much fun, if I'm honest, Joe. I um got yeah. to like use the 20 years of of dance studio ownership and basically made the the greatest parent whinge email of all time uh, <laughs> from from all those. And then all I did was I fed that into ChatGPT and said, "Here's the cranky parent email. Um, respond with um, be apologetic. No, sorry, be empathetic, but not apologetic. And please respond to Mrs. Mrs. Smith here." And the response that it gave was incredible. <laughs> and everybody in the yeah. room was just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and there was that thing, like, it did it in five minutes. Like, we could have sent that email in five minutes, got it out of our headspace, and started working towards a solution. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible in, you know, the, the emotional um, part of it, like you're saying, that it's going to take away having to do that, but also just the time. You know, that's something yeah. that would take hours by the time, you you know, you're going to go talk to your office manager about it. You're going to go get someone else's opinion about it. You're going to sit yep. there and try and write it. You're going to come back five, you know, an hour later and rewrite it. And now yep. it's just something that you've done in, in five seconds. And now you can move on to something else that's probably more important for your business than, you know, exactly. dealing with that great parent. Oh, a hundred percent. And like you were saying too, and the more, it's one of those things that's great about it, right? The more that you um, train it, it's one of those things. It's, it's a yeah. system that its outputs are only as good as the inputs you give it. But the more that you train it and the more that you keep writing all your emails in one thread or all your Facebook ad copies in one thread, the, the better the output becomes. Like, for example, um, what we're going to do, after, what, what not we're going to do, Joe, I'm going to do it because you're going to go and tackle the rest of your day. But after this podcast episode, what I do with them all is I um, get an AI product called auto.ai. I upload this podcast into there. And I'm sort of giving the tips on how the sausage is made here, right? And then what it does is it gives me a podcast transcript, word for word, of what Joe and I are discussing here. And then what I do is I upload that into ChatGPT. And I ask ChatGPT to write me a little bit of a, a podcast description. And then mm -hmm. what's really, really cool about it is that I've got, in the same thread, I've got all of our podcasts from myself and obviously when Beck and Amanda do theirs as well. 
So now I can even say, because it's trained and it understands a little bit about what Amanda sounds like, it understands about how Bex talks. And like I said, this is the stuff that gets a little bit dangerous, but I can ask it to write an email in the tone of Rebecca Lou Brennan or write an email in the tone of Amanda. And it's that, that's where it gets super, super interesting, right? Yeah, I think that's that's the cool part. Like even just writing the, the parent email is cool on its own, but that yeah. sort of building block that, you know, you can give feedback to it and have it adjust, I think is so yeah. great. You know, it'll, in that example, give you that, you know, parent email and you could say, eh, that was a little harsh. Can you tone that down a little bit? Or, eh, yeah. that was too apologetic. We don't want to, you know, sound apologetic. And ChatGB in, in a couple seconds later writes you a new version of it. And it's the most... Um, flexible employee I've ever had in a way, you know, <laughs> if I said that to an employee, it might hurt their feelings that I didn't like their first, you know, product. I like that. But, you know, as a computer, it's like, you don't like it. Fine. Here's another one. Um, <laughs> I like, I like that. Way off their back. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So yeah, so that sort of covered the, the where we can easily and simply use AI now, which is great. I recommend if you haven't already guys jump onto chat GPT and start using that to free up your time um, and create some great things for you. Where do you see maybe like on that near near term horizon? Where do you think AI might be helping our studio owners soon? Yeah. So the thing with AI um, is that it needs to be based on some sort of system of rules. You know, we don't have to tell the computer exactly what to do, but it needs to know some sort of rules of logic. So the things that I sort of look at are a lot of the things as studio owners that we say only I can do it, you know, only I can make the classroom schedule, you know, the thing that we spend, you know, a week doing and moving post-its around and, and shifting around to making sure people aren't in class at the same time. Things like our recital uh, show order, only I can do that, no one else can do that, uh, our rehearsal schedule. And the thing is, is that not only you can do it, someone else could do it, you just have to train them all of those little rules that you have, you know, uh, you want to have ballet class be before jazz class because they're going to get all sweaty and jazz. So you don't want them to do it before ballet. You know, in your show order, you want, you know, uh, your red costume to be not behind another red costume because that'll get boring to the audience. You know, your rehearsal schedule, the preschoolers have to go earlier because they can't go at 10 p.m. All of those little rules, once you put those all together, actually putting a schedule together is really easy. It's just managing all of those little rules. And that's something that we could really use machine learning and AI to do, creating those classroom schedules, creating those recital and show orders, uh, leveling our classes based on you know progress reports and end of year sort of um, evaluations. AI could look at that, look at those rules and, and put something back out together. And I don't think that's too far off. I think we're gonna start seeing technology like that certainly yeah. in the next two to three years. And yeah, that'll that's be exciting. Cool. Oh, uh, absolutely. It's a huge time for studio owners. Yeah, because I know like, um, yeah, similar to you, like I love looking for a tech solution to anything. Um, that, that's sort of what I go down massive rabbit holes on um, when we had our studio and then obviously for our studio owners now um, in all of our groups. And yeah, I haven't been able to find a, a class timetabling um, program as yet um, because it just, it just misses those little nuances, right? But I think it's definitely something that AI is going to bring to the table really soon. Yeah, it's because it will start to learn those rules. I think that's why it's been so hard before with traditional technology is yeah. you'd have to program each of those little if-then statements into it, you know. But as it can start to learn and as you start moving stuff around the screen and it's starting to learn your patterns, um, it's going to learn that stuff and make your next schedule even better. Um, yeah. You know, another thing I put on here um, 
it is even just the conversational thing of being able to say, you know, hey, Siri, charge everyone's account for their costumes. And it, being able to know the exact context of that without you having to click around. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that's going to be very soon. Um, AI generated music, uh, kind of weird, but I think we might be getting there. We're seeing a lot of, you know, AI generated music already, uh, AI generated artwork. Uh, so what does that sound like if you, you know, go to do your, your, your recital or your concert or you go to a competition and you could have music that no one else has because uh, it's specific mm. to your studio and completely computer generated uh, in the style of something else. Uh, and, that's going to be a new space. And look, I, I do think, I'm not sure, like, I don't know what's happening yeah. in the States, but I feel like um, you're probably even more ahead of this of where we are. Um, you know, we're seeing things like, you know, the all-star cheer world and things like that, having um, quite large copyright issues and having to, in terms of using chart songs and copyrighted songs and all that thing, maybe um, that massive possibly potential issue that's on the horizon disappears if AI-generated music can help us out within that. Maybe it's going to be a bigger benefit than we think. Absolutely. I even think of, you know, you find that song and you're like, oh, this would be perfect for my, you know, beginner tap class, but maybe the language isn't good, right? There's there's a couple of words in there that you're yeah. sitting there trying to edit it around. You're like, I wish there was a song that had this beat, but was about something else. It's like, well, we're going to have that technology in the very, very near term for that to just happen. Yeah. Incredible. Amazing. Now, this is this is where we start to get possibly a little bit little bit scary. We've talked about yeah. what's hap- like what we're using now, what we think's on the sort of near horizon. And this is like I said, this is the stuff that sometimes starts to not freak people, maybe scare people a little bit, but just hang on to your hats, guys. This isn't like a, a doom and gloom thing, but like where do you see maybe the future of AI helping studios? Yeah, I mean, like we said earlier, there's things that are coming, so we should prepare for them. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I kind of look at it very similar to how we looked at the pandemic. Uh, You know, the pandemic forced us to embrace a lot of technology as studios. You know, if someone came to us in 2015 and said, you know, hey, in in five years from now, you're going to be teaching, you know, dance class on on a little screen to people at home, you'd probably tell them they were crazy and believe it. But if you did believe it, and you actually started preparing your business in 2015 for what was coming down in five years. Imagine how all of our studios would have, you know, maybe weathered that storm even better. You know, yeah, had we sure. been thinking like that. Uh, and now we kind of have that opportunity. We do kind of know what's maybe coming in five to ten years from now, uh, and how we can kind of adapt and change and prepare for it. So, a couple things that I think are kind of interesting would be um, feeding video into AI to correct technique. So, you have a video of your dancers, and you could pop it in. You know. Technique is all based on rules. You know, we we know where the leg should be. We know uh, how a leap should be done. We know all of that stuff. So a computer could absolutely say, you know, to a student, um, hmm. you know, that was good, but work on this. You know, the leg needs to be a little higher. Or you need to, you know, you're, you need to balance your weight in this sort of way. And yeah. in some ways, they might even be able to do it better than we do because you're looking at that hmm. video and it's even pick up the things that you know a human eye can't pick up. You know, hmm. and how does that integrate into like a dance competition um, where yeah. you're now not even performing for, you know, a panel of maybe three judges, but now you have a computer that's also giving, giving feedback. Hmm. And uh, I think, is that I think that... sorry to interrupt, I think people yeah. making sure they shift their mindset and don't hear the wrong things in what you're saying there. Yeah. Because, you know, people say, oh, but a computer's never going to replace me. Like, yeah, of course, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like I was saying earlier, um, AI is not going to replace us. Somebody that's better at using it very well might. So if you're the yeah. studio or if you end up being the teacher that can somehow utilize that into the into your class and be getting really good 
um, quick feedback on 15 students at once and just being able to utilize that the feedback you're getting saying oh Susie you need to be doing this and Jane you this and 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 Tanisha you need to be doing like if you can be utilizing that tool to be able to see in inverted commas 15 mm-hmm. students at once and get feedback to them quickly like imagine how much better your class is going to be absolutely and I think it's important to you know focus on what you offer as a studio owner uh that can't be replaced or as a dance yeah. teacher that can't be replaced because uh, I think it's easy to look at, you know, oh, well, if they, if AI could do this or if computers can do that, then it can replace all dance teachers. And I don't, I don't think that's true. I think no, there's parts not. of our job that we can outsource to it. But I think, you know, when we look at our studio, we have to look at it and say, what can't be outsourced? Is it, you know, the artistry that I bring? Is it the care for my students that I bring? Is it all of that? That's stuff that can't be replaced and um, that's unique to you. Um, mm-hmm. But how can you le- leverage that technology to add on to that? Absolutely. Yeah. And exactly what you were saying um, about getting ready now to like to mm -hmm. peer into the future. For example, like Netflix, we all know what a behemoth Netflix is now and um, and how much streaming's taken off. And but really only came, I know we're always a little bit behind in Australia, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But people are often surprised to know that Netflix started streaming their streaming service way back in 2007. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it didn't get huge adoption because there wasn't much fart internet connections, right? But because they saw the future and they knew and they took a pretty big um, educated guess on where that technology was going, by the time everybody had enough, you know, enough bandwidth to get that sort of stuff, they were the, the main player in the industry and absolutely crushed it, um, which is, yeah, like you were saying, like if you can sort of see and, and start to get comfortable with this stuff, um, imagine what your studio could be, could be doing in, in five or 10 years' time. Absolutely. And, you know, I think Netflix is a great example because even their competitor. Um, and here in the States, we had Blockbuster. I don't know if that was yes. a, a big one over in Australia. Yeah. So Blockbuster, I think, had the same opportunity that Netflix had. Um, they were selling VHSs and DVDs and renting them out. And I think their view is, well, we don't want to really get into streaming because that's going to replace our business model. Uh, and that, that was obviously the wrong choice for them. They're not, they're not around anymore. Uh, yep. was to say, you know, oh, we don't want to do that because it's going to replace what we do right now. Instead of saying, oh, this is something new. Let's kind of venture into it and kind of adjust our business model to embrace it. Um, yeah. and, you know, we can obviously see for one of them, it worked out for and one of them, it didn't. Absolutely. And what, what other, is any other sort of things you see that could possibly be on the, the far horizon for AI and studios? Yeah. You know, the next uh, thing I'm kind of looking at that's similar to AI and, and I think we'll get integrated in AI is VR and virtual reality. Uh, and we're starting to see that with, um, you know, all of the big tech companies, Apple, Meta, Google are all looking at these like VR headsets or, you know, eventually I think we'll slim down to glasses that we can, you know, wear as wearable tech. And then my mind is someone kind of obsessed with the dance studio life and growing up in it is, well, can I just go to dance class by putting on my VR headset? Or can I go watch a recital by putting on my VR headset? And would that feel really weird? Or as this wearable technology gets more integrated, does that actually feel really normal? Um, and that's kind of weird. Like that's weird to think of, you know, what would a virtual dance class space look like? Um, and I think it's a little far out, but I also think we have to kind of think about it because now we start getting into like, are there, is there VR dancewear? Is there, you know, uh, virtual costumes? Is there virtual backgrounds? Um, yep. You know, all in this sort of virtual space, uh, studio space. Yep. Again, far yep. out weird stuff, but I oh, think worth looking exactly. at. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, yeah, incredible. Like that's, 
definitely given us a lot of food for thought. We know, like I said, it, it's definitely something, guys, um, like Joe was saying, don't see it as, oh, another thing I've got to learn. See, see AI as something that can really be helping you save, number one, time, which is our most important thing, but also money. You know, it, it's going to, um, I don't like to say replace because nobody likes to, to cut staff hours or things like that, but it's going to allow you to, to take those more menial tasks off um, your admin team, for example, and allow them to work on bigger picture stuff that's going to help grow your business. So make sure you use it for all the positives that it is and don't just see it as oh, another thing I've got to learn, which is super, super important. Um, yeah, incredible. Thanks so much for jumping on and chatting about the AI. And while I've got you, Joe, like I mentioned in the intro, guys, um, one of Joe's um, other companies that, that I sort of got connected um, to him by is an incredible app that I highly recommend um, people checking out. Sorry, not apps, piece of software um, called Check-In Point, which is all about helping you run a better, smoother um, end of, we call them concerts. I know you call them recitals, yeah. Joe, but I'm going to, I'm going to ossify it uh, yeah. and say end of year concerts um, from checking in students seamlessly um, through to a whole bunch of stuff that it can do guys to, to make your day incredible for, for everybody keep your stress levels down make sure the students are having a great time do you want to give us a, a, the uh, the elevator pitch on check-in point yeah uh you know like i said earlier um in the show really what i try and look at is things that can help our studio um selfishly in a way is yeah, you know what can i focus my time on to to help me and then uh usually it, it helps other people too so check-in point you know started as a way to shorten the amount of time it takes to check in your dancers for their performance and it's really grown into a, you know, a full suite of tools to manage backstage at your performances. Because, you know, as we've talked about, it's it's one of the most important parts of your business for the year. It's, you know, it's it's the combination of all the work you've done. It's the one opportunity you have to really show your parents um, the value of your studio and what they've, yeah. you know, paid tuition for all year. Um, so it's something that we have to make smooth and something we should be able to celebrate and enjoy and not be stressed about. Without a doubt. And coming from like yourself, Joe, um, what I love about it is it's it's a software designed specifically for dance studio owners by somebody that's been around dance studios their whole life. But it's also bringing in, obviously, one of your other passions and specialities, um, given that you're an adjunct professor of theatre design. So that's like the other part of your, your world, right? So you've brought these two things together that's bought an incredible tool just specifically to help dance studio owners. Too often I'm finding that I was trying to like shoehorn these other solutions in to do like check-ins and things like that at concerts. But what I love about um, from seeing check-in point is that it's yeah it's specifically designed by a dance studio owner for dance studio owners. Absolutely. You know, I love, I love combining all the things that I, I like to do. And uh, I think that kind of shows in the products. I, people said, oh, why don't you do this thing? I'm like, I'm not interested in that. And I don't think it would be a good product because <laughs> I have no interest. <laughs> Yep, love that. We're big believers in staying in your own lane and only doing things that interest you. So if anybody listening is interested in making their concert day run a hundred times smoother, I highly recommend um, checking out Check-In Point. Um, it's really, really incredibly priced, um, $149 US for the year, which allows you to do your end-of-year concert, your mid-year concert if you do it as well, um, and have those, those seamless experiences for your staff and for your students, um, jump on to the, there's a link in the show notes here as well. Um, and also if you're a DPU tribe member, Joe has been super, super kind and offered us a little discount code on an already great price. So yeah, check that out in the show notes and tribe members check the Facebook group for that code. 
But um, thanks so much for jumping on, Joe, and chatting, nerding out with me a little bit. I always like to, to you know, Amanda and Beckett and, and I always chat about um, the, the other things, dance studio related, but to jump on and nerd out a little bit about tech is always fun for me. So thank you so much for jumping on. Of course. Thank you. And I thank your listeners for indulging us. Excellent. Thanks so much, Joe. We'll chat soon. All right. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Nathan.